At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Final hour of the show tonight, the third hour. This is our fourth guest when uh, he made me say we're going to save the best for last. Scott <laughs> Kellen, NFL handicapping specialist at Sixth Sense NFL. Las Vegas contest champion. Scott Kellen, a regular on this show. And uh, welcome in tonight, Scott. Uh, how was your uh, NFL season going? How was last week for you? Uh, last week was probably one of the best weeks ever, Matt. I think mm-hmm. we went eight and one, and uh, last four weeks, I think twenty-five and seven. So season started out slow, but uh, last four weeks have really heated up, and I think we're around fifty-seven, fifty-eight percent for the year. So it's been. That qualifies for best for last, by the way. It does. It does qualify. It's a strong record. (laughs) Strong record. Right before we came on the air, he said, make sure to ask me what my record is for last (laughs) year. I'm just kidding. You're out of demand, Scott. That's the only thing I want to talk about tonight, guys. Scott. Look, I mean, you know, when, when you have a good run, by the way, Mm -hmm. you know, hopefully you have some good handicapping, but there's been a fair amount of luck as well, and it's all lined up well, so hopefully it'll continue. Yeah, no question about it. Okay, let's get to uh, Dolphins and Chargers, and this is a Sunday night football game now, Scott. And uh, Dolphins, anywhere from three, three-and-a-half-point favorites. It's uh, kind of 50-50 split at the books right now, but the total is uh, 53 and a half. Which way are you going to play this? I played it over, Matt. Uh, I lean to the Chargers as well, but I played it. I played over 51-and-a-half. Uh, I, think, I think we played that yesterday before it started the move. But I would go all the way up to 54 here. Uh, you know, Miami struggled last week, but they played San Francisco, who obviously has a very good defense. 
And they played without uh, Teron Armstead, the left tackle, I think is going to be back in this game. And the first six or seven games of the year this year where Tua was playing some and not playing some, they were playing some pretty good defenses. Those four games before the 49er game last week, they played Detroit, Chicago, Cleveland, and Houston, were all ranked 21st or worse defensively. Now they're going to get the Chargers, who are 27th, so they're, they're not any better than those teams. And against those four teams, they scored 31, 35, 39, and 30 points, and that 31 was you know, just in the first half against Houston, and then uh, uh, Tua came out. So uh, I think they can score here against the Chargers, and not to mention the Chargers now are going to be missing key players at every level of the defense with the safety Derwin James out, cornerback uh, Bryce Callahan, defensive tackle Sebastian Joseph Day, who's a decent run stopper. He's going to be out as well. So I think the Dolphins will do their part. And and it really just becomes a question now, can the Chargers do their part? And I think they will. Uh, I don't think Miami's defense is that good. And the Chargers now are going to get Mike Williams back, and they're going to get their center, Corey Lindsley, back. Lindsley is the, in, in terms of how pro football focus rates, he is the top pass blocking center in the league. Mike Williams, 36th best receiver in the league in terms of yards per route run. And when they've had Mike Williams and Lindsley playing this year, the Chargers have scored 23 or more points in the four games that those two have played together. So I think the Chargers will get to their 24, 28 points this game. I definitely think uh, the Dolphins would do that as well. And I think we'll get over uh, the 51 and a half, 53 and a half, all the way up to 54 points uh, in this game. Scott, you're involved in the Ravens and Steelers on Sunday. I don't think we've talked about that game yet tonight. You got Ty Huntley going uh, in place of Lamar Jackson, but you know they don't have to change much when Huntley's out there, and and he can run the football as well as Jackson to a certain extent, and he can take off when he's under pressure. I know they only went one and four with them at quarterback last year, but all of those games were close. What are you looking to do with this game between Baltimore and Pittsburgh? Yeah, Scott, I'm going to tease it up. Uh, I teased it a little earlier in the week when it was two and a half, get it up to eight and a half. Obviously, teasers, if, as long as we can get it to seven and a half or better, I think we've got value. Uh, it should be a low-scoring game. The total is there, and that just adds value when you're teasing these teams. And you're right. When they, First of all, the Ravens just play everybody close, period. It doesn't matter who seems to be a quarterback. Uh, but with Tyler Huntley, he started four games last year, played a majority of a fifth game that uh, Lamar Jackson got hurt pretty early in the game. They defeated Chicago by three, lost by, to Cleveland by two, lost to Green Bay by one, lost to the Rams by one, lost uh, the last game of the season last year at home to these Steelers by three. Um, and then, of course, the, the close game last week where they won by one, I think it was. Um, and, yeah, he, he's clearly a downgrade from Lamar Jackson, but he's not bad. Uh, and this, the Ravens are also going to get back Ronnie Stanley this week, who they did not have last week. And, uh, you know, just late today, they activated the safety Marcus Williams. So, you know, they added Rokan Smith uh, a few weeks ago, and he has obviously helped them from a run defensive standpoint. They've got some other defensive players back. Now they're going to get Williams back in the secondary, which is going to help them a lot as well. The Steelers have only beat one team by more than seven points this season. So in terms of a teaser and getting eight and a half points, I think we've got an excellent chance here. And the last thing, just with this series, you'd have to go back to 2014, the last time the Ravens came to Pittsburgh and lost the game by more than five points. So this just naturally figures to be a low-scoring game. Total sitting 36.5 right now. If it would bump back up to 37, I would take the under as well. Uh, but teasing Baltimore is the play for me in this one. Are you going to tease the Ravens with uh, which side? 
Uh, I'm going to tease it with the Vikings. <laughs> and I know Fez said uh, the Detroit's going to have a, a very easy game tomorrow. Uh, they're going to win it by at least 10. Don't tease it, right? Uh, which is all fine and well. And look, I, you know, I, Detroit's been playing well. They could certainly blow out the Vikings. Uh, you know, the Vikings um, have been very fortunate. I've been on them the last two weeks and have felt that those have been lucky wins. But, you know, at the end of the day, both these teams are bad defensively. Yes, I know Detroit's played a little bit better here recently but Detroit's given up 28 points 30 points 31 points essentially they've given up 24 or more points in every game but last week's game I don't know how much uh Lawrence getting hurt last week you know played into that they gave up 18 to the Giants okay the Giants are horrible anyway offensively and they give up nine to the Packers but the Packers had three interceptions in in the red zone they could have easily scored 30 points in that game so uh yes the Vikings defense isn't great but they're also going to get back Cameron Dantzler uh, in their secondary. And Dantzler's not a great cornerback, but he is their second-best cornerback. And in the four games that they played without him, these last four games, Minnesota surrendered three of their four highest point totals on defense this season. So he's going to help them there, and I think they're also going to get the left tackle, Christian Darisol, back, who ranks ninth in pass blocking and third in run blocking. Um, so that will help as well. And – the Vikings, you look back here, I mean, they've scored 27, 33, 33, 34. There's only been a handful of games where they haven't scored at least 24 points in this game, and it's not like they're facing, you know, the San Francisco 49ers tomorrow. I think the Vikings, from a T standpoint, uh, can get to 24, 27 points, and if they do that, I think they've got an excellent chance to cover 7.5 or higher uh, as long as you tease them over a touchdown. So I'll tease them uh, with the Ravens uh, tomorrow. All right, Scott Kellen with us on Twitter at Sixth Sense NFL, and uh, email Scott if uh, you want to see his write-ups on all these games as well. Uh, Scott, actually, I'm going to ask you about the Eagles-Giants next, and um, we were talking about with Dwayne Colucci earlier about teasing the Eagles down and who would you pair with. Are you going to just lay the points here with the Eagles, or are you going to put them on a teaser as well? I'm not seeing any seven-and-a-halves on the board right now, uh, but I think we might see a couple tomorrow, and Saquon's Barkley, Saquon Barkley's status a little bit up in the air for the Giants. Right now it's Philly minus seven at New York. Yeah, I laid the seven, Matt. I show pretty good value with Philadelphia here. Uh, I, I did actually think about teasing them, and I think you're right. I think this will probably go higher tomorrow, and then uh, you know, at seven and a half, eight, you can tease them down. If the, if the Chiefs would come down to eight and a half, where we could use a six-point teaser to get them down to two and a half, I would definitely pair them with the Chiefs. Uh, I heard you guys talking earlier. I think uh, Scott was talking about it. I would consider teasing, you know, if you're looking for someone to tease us with, besides the two teams I just mentioned earlier, I would consider teasing, you know, maybe Arizona up to the seven and a half as well. Um, But to me, there's a lot of value in Philadelphia here. The Giants are a horrible offensive team. Uh, Philadelphia is a very good defensive team. They are getting uh, Avante Maddox back in the secondary, who's been out for a few games here. The Giants are still without their best cornerback, Dory Jackson, and now they're going to be without Leonard Williams, one of their best defensive tackles. Dexter Lawrence, who's also plays in the middle of them, is a little bit better, but those two guys are very good. Williams is rated third best uh, in rush defense, so he, that loss is going to be felt by them. And it's just hard to get excited about the Giants. They've won one game in the last five games, obviously the tie last week. That one win was over one win Houston, their wins this season have come against teams who have won four, three, five, four, and one win. They have had two wins by, over teams at uh, Tennessee and Baltimore who won seven and eight games, but they had to come from behind late in both those games to get those wins. 
And when they played really decent teams, they've lost by seven to the Cowboys, by eight to the Cowboys. Remember, they got that late score. They were down by 15 and lost by 14 at Seattle. So I just think Philadelphia is a much, much better team here, a very good defense. I don't see the Giants scoring a ton of points. And I, I think Will Hill was talking about it. You know, you, you can pretty much pencil in Philadelphia for 24 to 27 points. That's probably enough points to, to cover the seven. I'll lay the seven with Philly in this game. Trevor Lawrence or C.J. Beathard? I know, like, I, I know you like the Jaguars here, plus the three and a half over Tennessee. Does it matter to you which quarterback is on the field for Jacksonville? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it matters. And uh, I did play Jacksonville. I think they're going to win the game straight up, but uh, I think all bets would probably be off if uh, Lawrence doesn't play. I think he's going to play in this game, though, so uh, I'll take him. And I think, uh, you know, I, I think one thing, there's a perception that Derrick Henry's going to run wild on Jacksonville, and he's done that plenty of times in the past. But the Titans are only 23rd best running the ball this year. Um, and, you know, part of that, they don't have a great offensive line. Part of that, you know, losing guys like A.J. Brown, you don't really have to defend to that. And this Jacksonville rush defense isn't bad. I've got them rated eighth best in the league. So, uh, and if you look at Tennessee, the last four games, they've run for 63, 88, 63, and 87 yards rushing. So they're not running the ball real well. Uh, I think you guys talked about it. Traylon Burks is out. He's 14th best in the league at 2.19 yards per route run. So he's been a very good receiver for him, really the only receiver. And they're missing a bunch of their run defenders on defense. So I think this is an excellent spot for Jacksonville. There's value. I think the Jags will win the game straight up. All right, we're out of time. Give Spriter a call after the show. You guys can talk more about that Jaguars-Titans game. <laughs> <laughs> will do. Scott, thanks a lot. Appreciate the time. Good luck this weekend. Thanks, guys. Good luck. See ya. All right, we'll talk Steelers and Mike Tomlin next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network. Ice cold beers, cold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free-to-play pools this season for a shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Go to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now to start your run of victory. Heineken beer made better. 21 and over. Only terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. Again, head to DraftKings.com slash Heineken. All right, Scott Spritzer, Matt Eumann's back here. And, uh, Scott, we have a question from a viewer, Robert Handworker from uh, Las Vegas. And uh, he wants to know about the stat that you throw out there quite a bit on points per yard or yards per point. Let's put it that way. Yards per point and why that stat is so important to you. It's all about efficiency because you're talking about how many yards a team has to score if they're on offense? If we're talking about offensive yards per point, how many te- how many yards a team has to get in order to score one point? And obviously, you know what that means for defense. It's how many yards you force your opponent to gain before they gain before they score a point. And so, I like yards per point differential. You know, if a team's got a real good offensive yards per point, real good defensive yards per point, they're usually a pretty darn good football team, especially mm-hmm. in college. And so, it's just something I like to use that. It lets you know about efficiency. It lets you, to a certain extent even, red zone efficiency because if a team keeps getting down in the red zone, uh, a la the New York Jets, and can't do anything, you know, all of a sudden they're gaining all these yards, but they're not scoring points, and that all gets factored into the season totals. I also go back like three or four games. Like It's kind of like baseball season. When I'm looking at certain stats like WOBA, weighted runs created plus that I like to use for baseball, you know, I'm cutting off the April and May numbers in August. You know, not, you know, you start looking at the last 10 games, the last four weeks, things of that nature. Right. So in football, I'll, I'll look at the whole season, but then I'll also look to see if things started happening positively or negatively in that direction for a team over the last three or four games. And also, of course, it comes into uh, play when you talk about the strength of their opponents. But that's basically what it is. It's efficiency on offense and defense. Do you uh, go through the box score sometimes to cut out the garbage yards maybe at the end of a game or not? Yeah, there's that stat or that metric EPA, which I don't know who kind of got me into that in the last couple of years, which has to do with this, and I love this. 
third and three, let's say a five-yard gain by a team that has a third and three. A five-yard gain on third and three means a hell of a lot more than a five-yard gain on third and 15. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't show in the box score. That five-yard gain is five yards toward their offense, to their passing or rushing offense, whatever they happen to gain those yards using. And so you look at that and you're like, all right, total yards kind of are a little bit off. They don't give you the exact type of play or when the, the course of the game, when, the, when a team gained that yardage. So that EPA metric, which if you type it into uh, Google, you'll be able to find all that stuff. And that's what I do. I also want to make my life a little bit easier. I don't want to have to like do all these numbers every single night. There are sites out there where you can punch in EPA. You can punch in yards per point, and it'll be there for you, and it's updated every single week. Uh, Brad Powers, uh, a friend of ours here at VEASAN who does a lot of that stuff in his newsletter, he does a great job updating yards per point. I don't think he does EPA, but he does yards per point. But uh, that's basically what it is. EPA is great because it tells you when those yards were gained and how important those yards gained were rather than just being included in total yardage. Yeah, I do think that's important too. All right, let's talk Ravens-Steelers. First time around this season for these teams. Ravens are 0-4 in their past four uh, without Lamar Jackson as a starting quarterback. How significant is the drop-off to Tyler Huntley? Uh, Let's hear from Mike Tomlin talking about preparing for a backup quarterback instead of Lamar Jackson for the Baltimore Ravens. To be quite honest with you, they're one of the few teams um, that have major quarterback mobility that have done a consistent job of making sure that that mobility isn't lost when their starter goes down. Um, whether it's Hundley or Huntley um, or, or McSorley even in the last, or RG3, you think about the last four or five years, man, they've always got quality backups that's capable, that are capable of delivering the schematics that they choose to employ. Um, quarterback mobility is going to be an issue in this game regardless of who's playing. All right, Mike Tomlin talking about the quarterbacks for the Ravens. How about this? Since the return of outside linebacker T.J. Watt from injury, Pittsburgh has won three of four, while allowing an average of 14.3 points in those wins. Now, the wins came against the Saints, the Colts, and the Falcons. It's obvious those three teams don't have elite quarterbacks. But, Scott, what do you think we're going to see from Tyler Huntley and the Ravens offense? Yeah, the thing is about Huntley, we kind of talked about it with Scott Kellen, is that there's not a huge drop-off in his efficiency. When he's on the field, we saw it last year again, you know, one and three as a starter, one and four in games where he played most of the games. One of those Lamar Jackson started and then left the game with an injury. All five of those games were really close. In fact, if memory serves correctly, all five games were by three points or less. And so he's going to keep you in the game with his style of efficient quarterbacking. What we've seen out of Huntley since he's been in the NFL is he's not the guy who's going to beat you with a bad decision. You know, and so for the most part. And so, listen, he had a 90-plus yard game-winning drive last week. Uh, the one win last season was a lengthy game-winning late fourth quarter drive. So there's confidence among his teammates that he can get the job done. Uh, there's also a lot of confidence that uh, Roquan Smith has been playing pretty good for this football team, too. And I, I like what Scott Kellen did. I like the fact that he's teasing the Ravens up to 7.5 and, and, and teaming that potentially with Arizona on Monday. I don't know if, again, it's tough to back Kingsbury, but... I, I do like the Ravens on a teaser. This is almost always, it seems like, for 25 years, a game that has played close to the vest and played very physically and ended up in a close game almost right to the wire. It just seems like every time these two teams meet, you're going to get a close game. So I think taking it up over seven is a very good way to go on a teaser. Yeah, I can't argue with that. I actually, uh, last night, Circa dropped the Steelers minus one, and I actually bet the Steelers uh, in this spot. They, one of the teams has been good to me in uh, recent weeks. 
And uh, with the drop-off to uh, Huntley, I kind of like the way this uh, Pittsburgh defense is playing. Now, I can't argue if you can – right now, if you can grab out there and I'll, I'll look on the screen, one and a half, two, there's a, a couple straight twos out there. You can tease Ravens up to plus seven and a half or eight. I might do that as well. I'm just going to uh, say, I like both plays. Yeah. Pittsburgh minus one and, and then teasing them up over seven with Baltimore. You mentioned you know the, the, the defense getting healthy with Watt. I just love Mike Tomlin as a coach. They had that bye week. This team looks like it would be a two-win team if he's not the head coach mm-hmm. of this football team. He got Pickett. Kind of got him on the right page and a little bit of team chemistry developed in that bye week a few weeks ago. And it doesn't matter to me who they're playing, whether they've been good teams or bad teams during this three and one run or whatever. But again, I think this is a two to four win team tops in 17 games if you don't have a guy like Mike Tomlin at the helm. He does uh, do a great job. And uh, don't look now, but the Steelers are five and seven. Exactly. And they've got a manageable schedule down yep. the stretch. But like Tomlin said this week, we can't even talk about playoffs unless we win this game. we <laughs> got to take Mike care Tomlin. of business against Baltimore. Uh, I like this Steelers defense a lot with T.J. Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick both on the field. Absolutely. It's a really strong Steelers defense. All right, let's go in that division, stay in that division, and uh, talk here about the uh, Browns and the Bengals. Joe Burrow, 0-4 against the Browns. Uh, I think he's going to stop that skid this week. Last week, you and I talked about Deshaun Watson. He was far worse than I thought. I had low expectations for Watson. He was even worse <laughs> than I thought he was going to be in his first start in 700 days in Houston. Talk about a misleading final. They got a special oh, teams touchdown, uh, two defensive touchdowns as part of their scoring because, as you mentioned, Deshaun just didn't have it. I mean, you want to talk about rust. My gosh. I don't see how this guy gets back on track to the way he was playing in Houston You know, before everything happened off the field in just a week or two. I just don't see it. He looked that bad at times in the game last week, and they were able to get a fortunate win. And Cleveland, you know, they they won the first meeting 32-13. to 13. Uh, Since he had a horrible night in that particular game, the Bengals only lost in their last seven games. I like him to bounce back here. The offense has been tremendous since that loss. Uh, Cleveland's defense is nothing to brag about. They're not horrible, but they're not good. Oh, also, I don't think we've mentioned this yet. I got to check again, but Amari Cooper – as of about oh, two hours before we started Saturday's show, was listed as questionable still with that hip injury. Yes. That takes away another uh, another potential target for, for Deshaun Watson, who might not even be able to get it to his targets with the way he looked last week. So mixing back for Cincy, T. Higgins is healthy. I said on last week's show I thought Tyler Boyd would make some noise in that game last week, and he did. I think he has another good game here. Nick Chubb, the primary weapon, I think, for the Browns sure. right now. Last week he had 80 yards rushing on 17 carries. The Browns can't move the ball on the ground, but Watson in his uh, debut game last week, 12 for 22, 131 yards with a pick, and he was sacked uh, one time, and uh, he just didn't look like he was ready, Scott. I think the Browns have a better shot to win right now if they have Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. Oh, so do I, and Brissett was quarterback in that 32-13 to 13 win earlier this season, but at least with Brissett out there, you got a guy – I mean – Deshaun Watson at times last week looked like he wasn't even reading defense as well. Uh-huh. He just looked like he was completely detached from what was going on on the field. And what can you expect? I, I really think you know, he's been out there for pride. He's been able to practice for the last, uh, what, three weeks right, or so. And uh, still, when a guy hadn't started an NFL game in 700 days, I, I was tempted to blame the Texans last week. I'm glad I stayed away <laughs> because that was one of the fluke results yeah. of the year. No offensive TDs, and the Browns win the game 27-14 to and cover. 
if you took the points with the Texans, you got to be sick about that. Three non-offensive touchdowns. You by the away. way, you stayed away from stayed Houston, away. right? Okay. Yeah. Brissett, by the way, 17 of 22 when they beat Cincy. Right. I don't think Deshaun's going 17 for 22. All right, quick break. We come back. We're going to talk Panthers-Seahawks. Really haven't hit on that game tonight either. And also the Circa Survivor Contest. How many survivors do we have after the Raiders were upset on Thursday night? This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VEASAN, the sports betting network. All right, on Friday, it's going to be the Bahamas Bowl and the Cure Bowl. And that kicks off the college football bowl season. VSIN has you covered with this year's college football bowl guide. The guide has picks on the spread and total of every game from VSIN experts Brent Musburger and Steve Mackinnon, who also has power rankings for every team and breaks down the motivational factors. Josh Applebaum, Adam Burke also contribute. We have a team of writers previewing these games. As well, give yourself an edge for the bowl season. Visit vsin.com slash subscribe to check out the College Football Bowl betting guide, vsin.com slash subscribe. Scott Spreitzer, Matt Eumann's back here, Sunday Bet Prep. Scott, let's talk about the Circus Survivor Contest here because Derek Stevens stopped in studio right before the show tonight. He had on his cowboy hat and his rodeo jacket. No chaps. <laughs> he's in, he's in the, uh, the rodeo spirit, that's for sure. Oh, no doubt about it. And uh, the... I can see why down here at Fremont Street, especially at Circa, the casinos are filled with cowboys and cowgirls. Back in the day, real quick story here. It's been a while. I haven't done one of these in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, we're talking mid-1990s, maybe late 1990s. There was a buddy of mine, and we would head down to Samstown during NFR. And uh, you would let, you know, a few of the, the cowboys get lubed up, and you'd play in you know, a little bit of hold'em in the poker room at Samstown, and super nice guys free with their money, and you would try to take advantage of some of that. But (laughs) (laughs) that's been 20-plus years. Uh, Don't do a whole lot of hold-of-play once you have a kid because next thing you know, you get there and it's 18 hours later. But uh, those are good times, NFR times, and and the folks that come to town are just a blast, absolute blast. Is that it? That's it? I I made it quick. I thought there was part two to the story. I noticed you were like waiting for more. There was no great story about like, you know, (laughs) I took some poor cowboy for, you know, 50 grand or something like that in a poker room or they beat me for, it was nothing like that. It was, you know, chump change back in the day. So yeah, that's, I guess I'm the only uh, one that cares. <laughs> no, that's, that's actually a good story. A good I just thought there was a second part to it. Now, I, I was actually <laughs> checking some NFL injury updates too. Browns wide receiver, Amari Cooper listed as questionable due to a hip injury. He is expected to play. Uh, Jaguars quarterback, Trevor Lawrence mispracticed most of the week. Also questionable is expected to play. And also, the last tweet is from uh, about Saquon Barkley, who's 50-50 to play for the Giants, it looks like. Uh, so that, that is a true game-time decision. And these came from Adam Schefter at ESPN. No surprises there, nope, right? not at all. Yep. Okay. I think Amari Cooper being expected to play is probably the biggest news. Right. You know, he was questionable 50-50 earlier today. Okay, let's talk Circus Survivor. And Derek Stevens, when he stopped in here, I asked him how many uh, contestants had the Raiders on Thursday night. Man, that's a sick loss. <sighs> a sick way to get knocked out of the Survivor contest. We got a 16-3 lead. You're up 16-10 late. You need a quarterback who's been with the Rams for 48 hours. You need to stop him from going 98 yards 
with no timeouts in the last two minutes. And Scotty does it on eight plays. Baker Mayfield delivers the Rams the win, 17-16. to 16. All right, there were 70 contestants left in the Circus Survivor this week. By the way, uh, only $6.133 million in the pot. Oof. 70 contestants left. 16 of them still had the Raiders eligible to use. Five of them dodged a bullet <laughs> because 11 used the Raiders, and they are now out of the Survivor Contest. 11 KO'd by the Raiders on Thursday night, Scott. Man, that's got to make Ouch. you ill. Are you on the Patriots? Is that you? There's one person on the Patriots. Is that you on Monday night, or did you get in the contest? Or? <laughs> no, I'm I not, can't. I can't I do I didn't get. I didn't get in the Survivor Contest. That that was horrible on Thursday night. My gosh, I mean, you got a guy with a QBR that was barely above ours, and we're not even playing. Mm-hmm. You know, for most of that game, talking about Baker Mayfield, and then you know, wow. again, you, I mean, I'm going nuts if I'm in the in the this deep into the Survivor Contest and I see Tillery make that goofy move at the 15 yard line. Knocking the ball out of Baker's hands, just ridiculous. Uh, the number one team in selection count this week, the Seahawks, 15. The number two team, Titans, 12. The Raiders were number three. The Cowboys, not too many contestants even have the Cowboys remaining as a choice, sure. but uh, the Cowboys, eight. Bills, seven. Bengals, six. Lions, four. Chiefs, three. And then uh, one team each for the Patriots, Cardinals, Steelers, and Eagles. One contestant each for uh, those four teams. You got one road team there after the Raiders? Patriots. Patriots. Patriots Patriots on the road, and uh, that's pretty much it, right? Yeah. Tough gig. Uh, Let's talk about the Seahawks. Since they're the most popular team in the uh, Survivor this week, 15 entrants banking on the Seahawks to win, they are – uh, right now, Scott, four-point favorites over the uh, Carolina Panthers. This number was a three-and-a-half uh, for a lot of this week, total of 44-and-a-half. And, a half. and uh, the Seahawks have, uh, I guess, kind of uh, crashed back to reality a little bit in the past few weeks. Well, yeah, they have. And Steve Wilkes, meanwhile, on the other team, on the other sideline for the Panthers, has this team at least playing like you know they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of a little bit surprised, I don't know if you are, that it went from three-and-a-half up to four. I thought it would probably stay three-and-a-half. And uh, from some of the people that I've talked to who are on Carolina this week, I really didn't think it would go up another half point. But uh, they're playing better football. Carolina, Seattle's been a bit shaky uh, of late, as you just mentioned. Uh, but the Panthers have allowed just 38 points the last three weeks combined, and they've won two of those games. I guess we got to say that it was against the Denver Broncos, the Atlanta Falcons, and the Baltimore Ravens kind of puts those points allowed into perspective a little bit more. But Seattle's defense is quite beatable. They can't stop anyone's ground game. The pass defense isn't too hot either. And then Gino, you know, he does continue to play well. Uh, the offensive scored 77 points during this one and two slide, which ain't bad. Uh, but the defense just hasn't been stopping at opponents. So I can see both reasons for being on this, you know, whether you're in the survivor or whatever. But I don't see why this game's gone up to four yet. And I keep looking at some notes here to see if I can find a reason why you would jump on Seattle at minus three and a half at this point. And I just can't find it, Matt, as I'm looking for notes. I mean, to me, it's Carolina or nothing. Yeah, I, I lean to the Panthers' side here as well. By the way, the running back situation for the Seahawks is uh, a little bit complicated this week. Sure. Ken, Ken, Kenneth Walker and DJ Dallas both listed as questionable, and neither running back practiced all week due to ankle injuries. Right. So I think that complicates the issue from the uh, Seahawks' perspective as well. By the way, the Seahawks have dropped two of their past three they lost to the Buccaneers in Germany and then they lost to the Raiders in that overtime game, 40-34. to 34. Right. 
on that Josh Jacobs touchdown run. But last week, they did bounce back. They did not cover that number in L.A. against the Rams. They beat the Rams 27-23. Geno Smith had to drive him down and uh, win the game late, and he did a nice job of that. But uh, that was the sixth straight loss for the Rams. You and I talked about last week. I did not trust the Seahawks laying that number on the road. Yeah, I mean, they're scoring points, 26 a game over the last three during this one and two slide, but they can't really stop anybody. And, you know, all of a sudden, you got to lay more than a field goal on the road with them last week. And even though the Rams have been struggling, it wasn't a spot that I wanted to get involved in. I don't want them here either. I, I you know, by the way, they've got a game coming up. Uh, Seattle has San Francisco next week, obviously a divisional game. And then they've got Kansas City after that. This is a really, this team better be focused. It's kind of an important game. Uh, with those two opponents coming up next. But I, I couldn't lay three and a half, let alone four. How about from the Carolina Panthers' perspective? Because we've had a musical chair as a quarterback, yeah. and uh, they beat the Broncos last uh, last time out 23-10. to 10. Uh, But what do you expect to see from the Panthers offensively? That's, this is one of those games where I, I said, well, it's going to be Panthers or pass, and ultimately I, I decided just to pass because yeah. I'm not confident in what you're going to get from the Carolina offense. Well, that's the problem. and I mean, you should just try to run the football first and foremost against Seattle. They can't stop the run. I'd love to see a lot of, you know, even to the point where maybe early on in the game, a little bit of play action on first down, you know, because they're going to be thinking you're going to run the football at them. Uh, I'd like to see some kind of coaching like that, and Steve Wilkes has shown that he will change things up a little mm-hmm. bit when it comes to Carolina from what they were doing earlier. Made that decision right away. Let's you know go with these quarterbacks. Let's ship Baker Mayfield out. And, uh, and I, like, I like the way he's approached so far in the first couple of weeks, three weeks, whatever, how he's approached his job of getting this team on the same page and back to being a focused football team. But again, you run the football at Seattle and you see if you have any fortune. And if you have some fortune against Seattle, run the ball, which most teams do, then you can start throwing around those short passes. And you can throw them on – on downs where you don't have to pass and make things a little bit easier on your quarterback. So, listen, I'm not going to be shocked if the Panthers upset Seattle this week. I'm really, I'm really not. The Denver defense is pretty good against the run, and the Carolina offense rolled up 185 yards on the ground on 46 carries against the Broncos in that recent game. Sam Darnold was not asked to do a whole lot in that right. game, pretty much a game manager type of situation. But how about Dota Foreman, former Texas star, 24 carries for 113 yards against the Broncos, and Chuba Hubbard's a good back, too. He had 65 yards on the ground in that game. I'm a, I'm a big John Foreman fan. Yeah. You know, he's been stuck with the, the wrong team, but I really like his skill set. And I think they should throw the football a little bit more to him out of the backfield, let him use what he can do. He could power right over you, too. He's one of those guys who can escape by making a move or can just run right over you. I'm a big fan of his, no doubt. All right, Scott, no show's complete without a, a Bill Belichick clip. <laughs> so we saved that for last. Uh, tonight we're going to hear Bill Belichick talk about the Arizona Cardinals and quarterback Kyler Murray. And we're going to take one last look at Monday Night Football and my best bets for the week. So stay tuned for that. Back here in a couple minutes on the Sunday Bet Prep Show, VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, how about how jammed is the sports calendar in December, Scott? A little bit. Got a lot going on. College baskets. Especially if you like soccer. (laughs) Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for all the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you're a soccer, football, hockey, or hoops fan, Bet Rivers has you covered. You get these promotions every week. You can check out the Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance, Friday Night College Football Bet and Get, Sunday Football Parlay Insurance, and there's a lot more. Bet Rivers is calling all soccer fans to head to BetRivers.com to check out 
the World Cup Daily Bet and Get. All right. Bet Rivers Sportsbook again at BetRivers.com. I find this Monday uh, night game rather fascinating because the uh, the Patriots right now a six and six team, and just um, I guess the mess that is their offense uh, right now. I've talked about how the Patriots look like a poorly coached team for the first time since two thousand, going back to uh, Bill Belichick's beginning in New England, the begin- beginning of his uh, era. I think Scott and. Over the past 20 years, pretty much every coach in the NFL has been subjected to criticism by fans, the media for game management, play calling blunders. The one guy who's kind of stayed above the fray the whole time is Bill Belichick because he won six Super Bowls. That's not the case anymore. He's no longer untouchable. And I think his ego got in the way here where he thought, well, I can just make a defensive guy, Matt Patricia, offensive coordinator. I don't need to replace Josh McDaniels. Uh, we can just put in Patricia, plug him in, have him call plays, and everything's going to be fine. Everything's not fine. <laughs> do you do you think that was a case of Belichick's ego getting into the way of what was best for the team? Yeah, I'm like, it's the ego. Was he trying to stick it to McDaniel's? <laughs> All that kind of good stuff. I mean, well, you never know with Bill Belichick, and you called it, you know, back in our preview show, which was around first two or three days of September, and a week before the games began, and. And talked a little bit about, you know, Matt Patricia is going to have a big wow. a big part of calling the offensive plays and getting this offense ready each and every week throughout the course of the season. Nobody thought it was going to work. Well, I didn't think it would last more than a couple weeks. Right. And, you know, unfortunately for New England and their fans and all that kind of good stuff, it it did last. And uh, it is, it, it's got to be part of ego. I mean, it, it has to be. I'm not even sure he made the right decision at quarterback midway through the season by sticking with Mac Jones. I got nothing against Mac Jones. But, boy, at times he looks like he's just – he gets so easily ticked off sometimes mm-hmm. on the field, and that bothers me. If you're a veteran QB, you're Tom Brady and you're screaming and yelling because somebody cuts the wrong way and your pass gets picked and returned for six, that's one thing. Uh, so I'm not sure Mac Jones is mature enough right now to handle the starting job. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of question marks for once with Bill Belichick, and uh, the one thing that's remained consistent are his press conferences. Jones looked good as a rookie. I really thought he did, but now he's not. He's not progressed. In year two, well, he's re- regressed for sure, no doubt. But he has not been put in a position to succeed. True. Uh, you know, well, the offensive true. line's beat up yeah. right now. They don't have many playmakers at receiver. And you got, again, you got Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, the guys who are the, <laughs> the well, brain we, trust we, of the offense. And we've talked about it before, Matt. We've talked about it on the show before. If David Carr, Derek's older brother, you know, gets drafted by Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. He has a pretty good career in all likelihood. Right. Instead, he goes to Houston, who I think we're missing, like had to replace the entire offensive line mm-hmm. the first year he was starting at quarterback for the Texans. So Mac Jones might have been better off if he went somewhere else with a real offensive coordinator and an offensive line to play behind. You're, you're absolutely right. I agree 100%. Well, Belichick's got to find a way to fix this situation. It's a, a predicament that the Patriots are facing, but it's not going to be fixed overnight because you're not right. bringing in OC now. And Belichick actually talked this week. He was grilled by the media about what can you do to change the offense, and he said, well, at this point, it's too hard. You know, it is, there's no, we can't make major changes at this sure. point in the season. You're talking about week 14, so it's going to happen in the offseason. How about Belichick's defense? New England, number seven in scoring defense, allows 18.8 points per game. But as Scott, as you mentioned tonight uh, during the show, mobile quarterbacks give his defenses all sorts of problems. Big time. I'll go back to those stats for those who haven't been listening the entire three hours. Uh, up against uh, Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, and Josh Allen, and Allen didn't do a whole lot. He only had eight carries in that particular game against New England. But those three teams 
gained 563 yards rushing against New England at 5.2 yards per carry. My gosh, uh, you don't have to have a great passing game if you're able to run like that. And, of course, they face Kyler Murray. thought you made a great point, though, Matt, when you were saying earlier tonight that Kyler Murray isn't the same kind of running quarterback as Justin Fields and maybe not even Lamar Jackson in that those two guys are always getting plays called for them to run with the football where mm-hmm. Kyler Murray's like, stuff ain't working. You know, I, I, I got to skate, man. <laughs> stuff ain't working. The big boys are coming after me. And so it's a little bit different approach. So maybe he can do a little bit better against Kyler Murray than he did against Fields, Jackson, and even Josh Allen. Well, let's hear from Bill Belichick talking about Kyler Murray and the, the challenges he presents as a uh, scrambling quarterback. Extends a lot of plays. Um, and they, you know, he's in the quarterback run game. You know, Cliff sees them on that. And, um, uh, you know, I mean, Cliff obviously looked coached in college, had Mahomes and everything else, so he knows how to use and put pressure on defenses with athletic quarterbacks. So um, not only does Murray do it, but he's also in a system that I would say yeah, probably enhances it. <laughs> That's, it's not much not much there in that clip. I just love to listen to Belichick. Is there ever anything in his clips? It's good for a good laugh, you know? I'm telling you. It's classic. Belichick's huh? press conferences, Army-Navy games, Iowa Hawkeyes football. Oh, boy. I got to use all three of those to put myself asleep at night. You know, I mean, I'm telling you. That would do the trick. (laughs) Although, Belichick, you got to kind of watch. It's kind of funny, man. It's like, got to watch and see what he's not going to say, the way he says it. All right. uh, Let's transition, segue now to uh, my best bets this week. And I couldn't help myself, Scott. I played the Patriots on Monday night, trying to come up with five plays on this 12-game card (laughs) uh, this week. I went ahead and played the Patriots on Monday night, minus one and a half. If you had to lean away... And, you know, I'm not going to argue with anybody who wants to say they're going to tease up the Cardinals yeah. to uh, plus seven and a half. And, heck, I might end up doing that too and hope the Patriots win this game by three, four, five, six, whatever. I don't think they're going to win this game by a big margin if they do. Uh, which way do you lean here, Patriots-Cardinals, on Monday night? I like the the teaser up to seven and a half with Arizona. Yeah. If I had to lean one way, boy, I got to go with I got to go with the coaching staff of Arizona over Belichick, even though he's got Matt Patricia. I'm not sure I can do that. You know, it's <laughs> if Kyler Murray was more like, let's get this. Okay, he's going to carry the football 20 times on Monday, mm-hmm. and 14 of those, or even 12 of those, are called carries, running plays. I'd be more inclined to jump on Arizona at that one and a half than tease it up. But again, you know, if he's going to have 15 to 20 carries, probably all but three or four are going to be scrambles. You know, yeah. we're in trouble. I got to pull it down and run with it. That. Scares me a little bit, but uh, I won't be involved as the as far as the one and a half is concerned. Um, I do like that seven and a half Arizona teased up, and I don't even trust that too much. You know, it's like I, I think to me there's better plays on Sunday maybe to use in teasers than Arizona. I just don't have faith in that in that coaching. I think staff. the best if you're going to tease two games on Sunday, what would what would be your two? I think it would tease the Eagles down to minus one and maybe the Ravens up to uh, plus seven and a half. Yeah, I love that. That would be number one for me. Would be, uh, yeah, I'm looking at the number right now. If you can tease that down to one with the Eagles, which you can, I, I do like that quite a bit, that teaser. So there you go. Right. Too many three and a halfs out there that obviously right. we were talking about a little bit earlier, but you don't want to tease three and a halfs, you know, up to nine and a half or whatever. Uh, for me, it's, you know, under three as a as a favorite. Excuse me, under three as a dog and, and you know, teasing down under three if you've got a favorite. Anything else, I don't really look to tease. But I like your two-teamer that you just mentioned. All right, here are my Circa contest picks for this week. Lions minus two. That might be two and a half in this contest. So the Westgate and Circa either had two or two and a half. 
Uh, Texans plus 17 and a half, just taking the number with the Texans. By the way, they're 110 and 1. They've only lost one game by more than 17 this season. That was an 18-point loss to the Raiders. Uh, so I, I do think the Cowboys might be sleepwalking in this game as Are well. Are you bothered at all by that incredible run by big dogs? Teams I'm, getting 14 or more. Yeah, there's a lot of things that I mean, bother me about favorites. the Texans. And again, <laughs> Just a lot stand of in line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead and mention that trend, by the way. Oh, you yeah, had, you this, had that number from Brad Powers, right? Brad Powers put this in his new newsletter this week. It goes back to the start of the 2015 campaign. 14 point or more NFL favorites, 40, 21, and 4 against the spread. Surprising. It's almost 66% against the number. That's very surprising, isn't it? It, it shocked me when I saw it. Wow. Anyway, the five I use here, Lions minus two, Texans plus 17 and a half, Chargers plus three and a half, Buccaneers plus three and a half, and Patriots minus one and a half. How many common plays do I have with you there? Buccaneers. Just the Bucks. And that card, Buccaneers and Lions. Bucks and Lions, okay. In the Westgate, I dropped the Texans because the Westgate number was 16 and a half on the Texans, and I think I added the Steelers. Okay. And in the Westgate, I'm about five games better than the uh, the circuit because every time I drop a circuit game and add one at the Westgate, the circuit game loses and the Westgate game wins. <laughs> it's crazy how that's happened uh, this season. Typically, it doesn't happen that way. All right, Scott, good luck this weekend. You great too. job tonight. And a great guest lineup. Thanks to Dwayne Colucci of the Rampart Sportsbook, Chad Andrus, Denver radio host, and uh, Will Hill, VEASAN contributor, and Scott Kellen, NFL handicapper, regulars on this show. That does it for the Week 14 Look Ahead on Sunday Bet Prep from the VSIN studio in the Circa Sportsbook. This is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael 
to the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.